Joining me right now here on the Mark Mosey Show to go over the latest in the world of sports here on a Tuesday is my good friend Alan Salterzinski with Brevard Sports Network. Alan, how you doing today? Doing well, Mark. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for having me, man. Let's start with the race yesterday, which was postponed today. The horrible weather in Daytona over the weekend, but they got the race in. We have a new Daytona 500 winner. What did you think of the race, buddy? Um, it was Daytona, and uh, we knew what was going to happen at the end. And uh, as long as you could de- uh, de- decipher between a Byron and a Bowman, then you knew. Then you then, then you're a race fan. Um, now it was nice to see Hendrick Motorsports get back up on top, and to fin. You know, it's not the old classic 24 or the old 48 car. Yeah. But it's nice to see those two cars. I've always been a Chevy guy. I was always an Intimidator fan and hated Jeff Gordon coming up and then liked Jeff Gordon at the end of his career. It was nice to see the 24 and 48 go one, two at uh, Daytona International Speedway, especially 40 years, uh, on the date after Rick Hendrick had won his first, uh, race. William Bryan is the winner. First time. Did you like the end, though, where it was like caution, there was confusion? That's really become the way of this race, though, hasn't it? Um, I mean, I I was trying to remember, you know, with about 12 laps to go, you knew it was coming. If you were watching, Kevin Harvick was on his first big telecast, and he kept saying, you know, this is going to happen. I thought he really did it. I thought Kevin Harvick did a terrific job of telegraphing what was about to happen because exactly what Kevin Harvick said was going to happen, well, it happened. And um, almost exactly to the point of the cars he even mentioned, to be honest with you. Yes. Um, I, I mean, it, to, to me, it was uh, it was typical Daytona. You know, I, I like the stage racing. Look, I took a hiatus from racing for, for quite a few years you know, the car tomorrow and some of the changes and the rules that they made. And I know a lot of this was done for the betterment of the safety of the sport, but I thought it really took away from the competitive edge of the sport. I don't like, you know, for me, the super speedways, I don't like how, you know, this is ultimately what's going to happen. Um, As long as these guys walk away, the fascinating part, Mark, is you know, a human nature, it's always going to be the big one, right? And we got that last night. We got an exciting finish. I don't like the fact that they used an overhead picture to determine the winner, but it is what it is, in, and that's NASCAR in 2024, man. That's a great answer. We're here the Alan Slaughterzinski Brevard Sports Network. It, You're right. The last couple of times, 10 laps to go, all right, let's start knocking into each other. That's what it feels like. Just, yeah. And you're, you're right with the broadcast. I thought those guys were great. And especially, you know, guys that were racing over the last couple of years, they knew what was coming. You're, you're absolutely right. My favorite part, I want to get your take. There's always that moment there when someone realizes they just won and it, you could see it in real time. And I love that. And, and Fox or NBC, whoever's doing the, the race, they'll play that audio where it clicks in their brain. I'm a Daytona 500 winner. I love that feeling in sports. How about you, Alan? Yeah, absolutely, because he didn't know, you know, and when he realized it, you know, you get the screaming and the hooting and the hollering, woo, we're the Daytona 500 champ, you know, because no driver until we get all the way to the month of November will have that feeling 
like that again. Yeah, they'll be excited that they've won races, and there'll be a lot of these guys that'll win their first race. But it won't be the Super Bowl of NASCAR racing, the Daytona 500. And to hear that reaction, yeah, I agree with you. I think it's always uh, always spectacular. All right, if you were going to win, are you doing the <laughs> the well? How do we say this? The wheelies over the logo. What's your game plan, Alan? Well, a younger me would probably. I, I like it when they get up there, climb the fence. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I like the, the, the fence climbing. I, I really like the, the indie celebration where they climb the fence and drink the milk and yeah. throw the milk in the crowd. I kind of like all that. Um, I, yeah, that, that would be me. I, I would do a donut, get out of the car and celebrate with the fans. You know, NASCAR is truly a sport built on its fan base. It lives and it dies with it. It truly does. And, uh, I think those drivers, you know, no other sport um, I don't think has its participants rely more on their fan base than does NASCAR. I thought of you over the weekend where the rock, he was the guy that got to say, rev your engines. He did a press conference Sunday. And then I saw some of the local reporters here in central Florida, take photos with the rock. That could have been us, Alan. We could have taken a photo with the rock. Yeah, you know what, though? What? Let me ask you this, buddy. You and I have been up there a lot, right? I mean, you were up there last week. I mean, yeah, uh, we've been up there for race days. Do you miss fighting that traffic in the crowd at 6 o'clock in the morning? <laughs> no, I don't. There was no, one time. There was one either. time, Alan and I, we left the track. This is a true story. There was so <laughs> much traffic. I was driving the car. There was so much traffic as we got back on the four. I could not get over to stay on 95 and I do like literally I'm not kidding. So we're on 95. We're trying to stay straight to 95. I could not, I would have, I would have killed us if I tried to merge. So we went to four and then remember, where did we end up? There was some, some smaller racetrack we found and New then we somewhere in a raceway. Yeah. Yeah. That it, it took a while for yeah. us to get home. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, I do. Listen, we, you know, those press conferences are really cool. Um, because you get to, I mean, that, that is really truly the best part of it. You know, I, you and I have seen a lot of a pop art. I mean, we've seen singers come through there, entertainers, you know, and they walk right by you as, you know, you sit there holding a Gatorade or a drink or whatever. And they just be like, Hey, that's, uh, Richard Petty or Hey, that's, you know, so and so. Um, I, you know, uh, the test pilot one year, Chuck Yeager was there. I thought that was, you know, that guy walked by me and I'm like, oh my God, it's Chuck Yeager, you know, and it was just really, you know, it is cool, but no, I, I don't miss it. <laughs> I want you to know this. So they, they redesigned the exit to get to Daytona on 95 and I now miss it every single time. And then I have to get off the exit where the outlet mall and Bucky's is. I do it every, oh my God. The, every oh my time. God. I did it the last time I was up there to cover the youth Super Bowl, and there was no traffic, and I missed it. You, Here's what it is. There's no sign. This is for everyone listening right now. There's yep. no sign that says, take this exit. Here's the Daytona International Speedway. You don't get that. It's around 260, the exit. You think, oh, it's going to be the next one. No, you take that first exit. That's just my uh, yeah, tip of the day. Because it goes down and it's hidden and you don't see anything <laughs> at all. But Bucky's is great. You can't pass Bucky's.
so funny. All right. That's Daytona. I loved going there last week. It was a lot of fun. We're here with Alan Slaughterzinski, Brevard Sports Network. Let's go to that all-star game. What were your thoughts? Because a lot of people are not happy today, Alan. Yeah. Mark, I mean, it's been a joke for quite some time. I mean, I I think the thing that we all looked forward to, I I don't know how many people have watched this game over the last 10 or 15 years. I mean, honestly. Now, I turned it on late because I was curious to see if they would, you know, clip 200 points. And, well, lo and behold, they did. Um but it's ridiculous when you got guys throwing shots up from half court and two two fouls called in the game. Something's obviously got to change. I mean, we can sit here and cry for this, but and you could just see the disgust in Adam Silver's face when he handed out the MVP trophy. He was like, "Here, you won, you take it." Yeah, I mean that, that yes. was you know I thought that was fantastic. You know, you could really see the disgust in Adam Silver's face. And I guess my question is, is, well, how do you fix this thing? Right. I mean, how, I mean, even the slam dunk competition and the skills competition is broken. When you've got to go to an NBA G leaguer for your second, you know, for, for the second year in a row to get the winner of a, this used to be the, of all the sports, even the home run derbies, the skills competitions in the NHL All-Star Games, all of it, Mark, the dunk contest was always the creme de la creme. It just was. Whether you went NBA fan or not, you watched the dunk contest. You don't get that anymore. So I think what they need to do, and I I I thought a lot about this this weekend, and listen, I, I mean, if you're willing to accept change and know that sports is going in a different direction, then you probably enjoyed this year's Pro Bowl festivities. I did. I enjoyed the game. I like the fact that the players got into it and were pissed off at the end of the game and arguing with the referees and arguing with each other. They were competitive. That was competitive. You know, they wanted to win that game. I mean, that was fun to watch. Um, would I like to see it with pads and helmets on? Sure. But again, you have to realize that those days are long gone, Mark. Um, in the NBA, I think what they need to do is I, I, I love the draft aspect of it. I think they need to go, you know, to do a draft in East and a West. And then I think they need to take the teams and do a skills competition for the weekend. The teams need to compete against each other in a skills competition. You, you know, and, and that's, you accumulate points on a Saturday. And instead of playing an NBA all-star game throughout the course of the weekend, Take and play a series of three-on-three contests. And um, you know what? Let the best three players on each team decide if, you know, at the end, who wins it all, you know? And and come up with something like that. Three-on-three basketball is extremely popular in the streets. Um, We have a tremendous amount of three-on-three basketball that goes on throughout the course of the summer. It's exciting. It's fun. You're playing half-court basketball right now anyway, right? So why not just turn it into this, Mark? Why not have three-on-three games going one side of the court, the other side of the court, have a skills competition, put it all together for a weekend, come up with something like the NFL has, and see if it works. Did you watch this past weekend, this stuff? Yeah. You did? Yeah, I did. 
All right, you're but going. I watched more. I watched more because I wanted to see the train wreck it was going to be. <laughs> I, I respect that answer. I do. We're here, the Alzarzinski Brevard Sports Network. I just play some type of defense. Come on, man. Just that's all yeah, I they're, ask. Just, they're not, but but they're, they're not. not. See, and, and this if is, you don't, is, go ahead. This is a bigger issue I have with, with especially with the NBA. You have guys now that are so spoiled. And and again, I love the NBA, but we've now got a generation of guys who are so spoiled where they've been babied since they were 12 years old. And now their goal was, I have to make the league. They make the league. And remember, they're one in a million player, Alan. Let's not kid ourselves here. I made the league. I got my guaranteed contract. I'm better than you. I don't need to prove myself anymore. I don't, there's, there's a part of me with this generation now, and I really sound like an old man when I say this, and I want your take. I don't know if you're going to get a Michael Jordan or a Kobe Bryant killer instinct. Cause now it's like, God, whatever. I'm making 50 million a year. Eh, Who cares what people think? Ah, we screw up the all-star game. Whatever. I'm getting paid. I think there's a little too much of that in the NBA right now, Alan. That's my take. You you know what? You you know what I think that playing seven on seven in the NFL does for the Pro Bowl. Mm. Um, you can't hide. You can't hide. You're not hiding out there. You 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 either have skills or you yeah. don't. Covering, receiving, throwing the ball inside of a tight window. You're not hiding. Okay. If you did something like a three-on-three format, the thing that these players and this generation of talent worries about more than anything else, the thing you'll see a bench empty over, the thing you'll see, you know, a nice little argument or a pushing match get started over is embarrass another player. Yeah. Embarrass another player on the floor. If you did something like a three-on-three type of a tournament or a match or on a weekend, or you made these guys and say, "Look, if you're going to be named an all-star and you're not going to participate in the slam dunk contest, or you're not going to participate in the three-point shooting contest, or you're not going to participate in a dribble uh, relay uh, type of a race, then you're not an all-star. Then you can't. Then you can't come." And you don't get the extra bonus money if you're not going to play in this stuff. Incentivize it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Shut it down where it's not five on five, but three on three. Make these guys a little bit more, you know, put them out there a little bit more, you know. That's, I think, how, that is how I think you begin to address it. Incentivize it, shorten it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. We don't need five on five basketball. We watch it all year. Do something different. I don't care if it's one-on-one competition. I don't care. But let's do something different. Let's at least try something different. Whether you like what the NFL is doing or not, you've got to give them credit, Mark, because they've tried something different. Look at the home run derby. It got stale. And look how Major League Baseball revitalized it with the point system and things that they've done with that. Um, You know, it's funny. Because right now, the best all-star game to watch is the baseball all-star game. Isn't that crazy how that used to suck? But now we actually watch this. Here's my question for you. Do you feel like, because of the world we live in now, where every game is on TV, or it's on your phone, or every highlight's on your phone in two seconds, 
it's not the same feel like when you and me were growing up where it's like, wow, all these players are going to be in an all-star game together. This is going to be really unique and exciting. Have we lost that in sports? Because now we see everything moving forward. Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. You know, even in baseball, when they started interleague play, the World Series lost its luster, you know, a little bit. Um, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's a phenomenal point. I mean, we see these guys play each other all the time. And half of these guys have played with each other on teams, you know, Mm. in terms of the NBA. I mean, you, you get these super teams over the last 15 years, and a lot of these guys have played together, Mark. We've seen them on courts together. So, yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right in that aspect. But I think if if you can come up with, and believe me, the look on Adam Silver's face tells me this won't happen next year. Something different's coming. It, we will not see what we saw Sunday next year. And I don't think Adam Silver cares what it is as long as it's not that. I tweeted out the first bucket by Paulo Bencaro, and I'm proud of him making the all-star team in year two for the Magic. He literally dribbles down the court, and no one guards him, and he dunks the ball. And I really feel like you and me could have scored 20 points in that game, Alan. I'm not kidding. There was no yeah. defense. There's not. All right. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I agree. And, you know, what was really neat about the all-star game was looking at the NBA standings mm. and seeing the Orlando Magic eighth in the conference with a record over 500. That was pretty incredible to see, wasn't it? Yeah, and they're only a couple of games out of being the four or five seed here, you know, yeah. going to the stretch run. All right, real quick, here's what I wrote, and I want to get your take, and I'll let you go. All right, here's my rules for the dunk contest moving forward. You have to be a full-time NBA player. I'm sorry. You can't be from the G League. You got to be an NBA player. Second, no one over the height of six foot six. No more tall guys. No one wants to watch the six foot ten guy try to dunk. It's boring looking. Okay? Moving forward. No more twelfth guy on the Knicks bench every year. I they constantly try to hype these guys on the Knicks. Okay? Eight players have to compete and get new announcers. Those are my rules. How about you? There's one rule I want to see for the NBA dunk contest, and I don't care who you put in there. What? Raise, raise oh. the rim six inches. <laughs> six inches. And raise then, it six inches. And then does it keep going up? <laughs> what do you yeah, do? Keep, yeah, yeah. I mean, why not? What you, what you, what, you know what? <laughs> Start it at ten feet. Raise it to ten and a quarter for the second round. Mm. Raise it to ten and a half for the Ooh. third round. What's wrong with that? Ooh. Have you ever dunked a basketball before? Yes. No hesitation. Um, yes. I, I mean, I, I was six foot five in high school. I was an athlete at six five. If you can't dunk six six, can't dunk a basketball at six five six six in high school, then you're just tall. Would you go one handed two? What would we dunk as? I have big hands, so it was easy to do either. As for the ladies with the big hands. All right, before I let you go, what do you got working on for Brevard Sports Network this week? Well, if I could have a minute, we've got some uh, we've got some really good stuff going on uh, this week. Crossover. We start baseball tonight, so plenty of time to talk about that. But I do want to say congratulations to uh, the Edgewood girls soccer team and the Holy Trinity boys soccer team. They will be competing in the uh, FHSAA 3A Final Four tomorrow in Auburndale, Florida. The Vieira Hawk boys and girls soccer teams are playing in the regional championships 
tomorrow. The Palm Bay girls advanced to the regional championships in basketball. And we got regional semifinal uh, basketball tonight. Three boys teams still alive there, Palm Bay, Holy Trinity, and Rockledge. So, uh, you know, Mark, I want to give a big shout-out to to a Rockledge Raider basketball player. He transferred from Oviedo High School last year. His parents moved here to the Space Coast. And I know how much you love basketball. And I, I don't know what you're doing tonight, but, you know, maybe take a ride over to Rockledge High School about 7.15 tonight and check out a player by the name of Ryan Blunt. The kid is 26th in the country in scoring. He's averaging 27.5 points a game. He's absolutely Unbelievable to watch, shooting 40% from beyond three, can dunk a basketball. Uh, he leads the Raiders in points. He leads the Raiders in rebounds with eight per game. You, you only play 32 minutes of high school basketball, right, per game, and he's averaging 27 points a game. Pretty phenomenal to watch. He may be the greatest prolific scorer to ever come through Rockledge High School. And that's really, truly saying something, considering the student-athletes that they've had come through there. Ryan Blount, terrific, terrific ball player. And Jada, um, uh, Jada Civil, girls player, junior down at Palm Bay. She is number 50 in the country in uh, ESPN Hoop Girls, top 60 players. Uh, she's down at Palm Bay. And uh, so those are just two of the outstanding student athletes in this county that I think deserve to be mentioned and uh, discussed moving forward. That is awesome. Again, what's the game you got going on tonight? We're going to do baseball tonight, Mark. We're going to do baseball. Uh, we got Vieira and Harmony baseball tonight. And then tomorrow we've got region championship soccer, the Vieira boys and the girls, the girls at five, the boys at seven, both matches at Vieira high school. That's going to be awesome. Are you going to wear a big coat tonight? What are you doing? The weather. I guess I probably should, huh? It's going to be chilly. <laughs> it is going to be chilly. He is a dunk contest champion, Alan Sluterzinski with Brevard Sports Network. Well, man, thanks for your help, and good luck with the broadcasts over the next couple of days. Thanks, my friend. Have a good one.